as to what you're doing so that you can expect goodness and, and God's blessings to flow in your life. What God always intended was a consistent harvest, a consistent flow of blessing. That's why he gave his people Israel their own land. He, he provided the land Amen. to possess. Now, <clears throat> you can take that that any way you want to but my interpretation of land means a source of income Mm -hmm. and a place to live so those were the basics that he always provided he provided shelter and clothing for his people a source of clothing so I mean a source of uh, uh, blessing and income so that as you exercised your faith to him you decided the size of your increase he always wanted everybody to start out with a level playing field so everybody got a parcel of land it was not a just giveaway there's always effort we have to make and that effort takes faith and it takes some action and a corresponding action on our part so often people think faith is just sitting down there wishing or saying you believe but if there's never a corresponding action it is not faith there must be some action that you take and not just a one time thing it must be taken consistently to have a consistent source of blessing and increase in your life so those two concepts are very important for us to understand and that transfers over into the New Testament as well the Bible says if you don't work you don't eat so that must mean God has a job for everybody he has a job for you it's available to you it's ready for you now many people have a hard time just grasping that by faith and acting on it but you know it's up to you to fight your way through that unbelief and get to the place where you really do believe that God has a job for you it is a job that will take care of you and you will be secure in it it's yours until you decide you don't want it anymore now how do we decide we don't want it anymore well we quit doing what God tells us to do to keep it Amen. Yeah, it's real simple. It's like people that want to keep a good job, but they don't want to get there on time, or they don't want to get there a little bit earlier. They don't want to. When the boss says who can stay late, they're always the first ones out of the door. Never stay late. Right. You know, I, I worked with people like that over the years, and you know, people would, when they come in, everybody roll their eyes up in their head. They hated to see them coming because they they killed your spirit. There is a, a spirit of motivation. There's a spirit. Of uh, that keeps a place uh, good morale in the workplace all of that and they're always the exclusive people that felt like they could never stay late they could never do anything over and above and I worked in a hospital where you know there were sick people and you were supposed to be in a compassion uh, um, career 
and you just walk past and say, well, I'm not staying. I'm tired of staying. You know, all these sick people in here. And so it, it just it, it, it is um, demoralizing to people who do feel that they want to do a good job and they do take it more seriously than some others, you know. And so it's always good to understand the morale, as- atmosphere, and spirit in which you work so that you can always have God's heart and God's mind in it see this is the thing with a Christian we do things for God we work for God when we say do them as unto the Lord that means that you're doing this job for God to please him to please him in the way that you go about your job to please him in the way that you uh, approach uh, your uh, your um, subordinates and also your uh, your uh, supervisors uh, you have to do it with the mind that I'm doing this for God with God's uh, oversight not just that he's watching me but you're doing it for him I'm his representative down here. And I don't know about passing the buck and and saying he can find somebody else to do it. But I know that right here, right now, I am God's representative. And I'm doing this job for God. So that when people look at you and the way you do it, do they want to be a Christian or not? That's part of it. But the other part is, have you pleased God in it? And will can you really expect the full blessing that God promises in his word because you've done fully your responsibility and your part in it? See, it's not an option. These things that we think everything in Christianity is, well, you can do it. It's for some people. It's not for others. And that's not my gift. And some people, it's for everybody. Yeah. Everything you see in the word is for everybody. And it's good to understand that your life can be so easy if you understand how the kingdom functions and you put kingdom principles first. You know, whatever you start doing for God, don't ever stop. Look to add more to what you're currently doing and not cut back. If you find that for some reason you've had to cut back. Now sometimes people's schedules get upset. They get turned around. Seek to get that back that you lost. So you don't let it just go like you can do without it. Or you got a good excuse for not doing it anymore. Seek to, to get that back so that you can continue to do what you do. You know, um, I, I, when Saturday I was speaking to someone and I, I was explaining to them, I said, you know, my lifestyle before I even got ministry was that I was given the hospitality. Now the Bible says that if you want to be, so many preachers skip over that to their own hurt because after a while that's going to catch up with you that you didn't master that aspect of it. You see, so many people look at now look at uh, serving God as a business. You know, ministers. Oh, it's a business. I I get paid like a CEO gets paid. Listen, you know, you were nothing with God found you, and if He were to take from under you what's propping you up in God, you'll be nothing. Nothing again. So you better get that CEO out of your your brain and start getting S E R V A N T in there. Amen. Hallelujah. That's just a thought. You know, we we get a little high minded sometimes. We let the world start feeding us, and we get a little carried away. But but I thought about it, and I decided this is a decision you make. 
that as I got more responsibility in ministry if it got to the point what I had to delegate I would delegate but what I could hold on to I held on to you got me so and that's why I I make sure that we have meals prepared because this is not just a a church here or a place to worship it's also a school of ministry and it's a place for believers and it's prophetic ministry now if you read the bible you see how prophets function in the Old Testament and New, they provided more of a community, a Christian community of people where you could come in and you could share in the work, you could share in the labor, and you share in the reward. You know, you just don't. Some of these things are just too, they're too mechanical for me. They're too automatic. They're too not concerned about people and then they'll they'll not provide for their people that come in on a weekly basis and want to send a big check over somewhere in a country where you don't even know people you don't know if those people got that money or not not really and then you've got people without jobs in your congregation you tell them they've got to give before they'll get something and then you just give it freely to some you see what I'm saying there's something wrong there if, if your attitude about what you're doing changes from season to season from congregation to congregation from country to country venue to venue there's something wrong with your theology there's something wrong with your theology there's some of these mega churches need to have a kitchen that has a pantry where they can help congregation people in a discreet way where they can come in and they can get if you lose a job or you're temporary unemployed you should be able to go to your own church and get help and not have to call welfare and somebody like that because they will not help you that's the church's responsibility to take care of its own people so that's why I've always done these things and not let them go I could easily let them go I could say we don't have time everybody go to McDonald's if you want coffee bring your own coffee whatever or just don't have it here but we wouldn't get much done that we're called to get done you couldn't have the prayer like you have it you couldn't have a, a four hour meeting without a break of some kind where you consider people all that kind of stuff so I and, and the conference would fall apart because everybody would be so scattered trying to find meals and food and stuff you couldn't get all your work done and so this is why we, we do it for a good reason number one it's a necessity and number two it is a way to encourage workers because people easily de- get discouraged you have people that come in and see the ministers sitting and eating and getting fat and having everything and they never get fed it's discouraging they look at it and say why do they get everything and we don't get we're working for God just like they are and this give honor where honor is due is, is overworked and abused in that sense because you're worthy of honor too you're working for God and so this is why we do what we do we do it for a good purpose because it helps to encourage and keep a healthy atmosphere in which people can work and bring forth their best effort for God it's a healthy atmosphere to bring forth your best effort and so when I stand before God I don't have any he can't can't accuse me why don't you provide an atmosphere where they could be nurtured and bring forth their best effort so that's why it's important for you to respond by giving your best effort 
Amen. You got me? Amen. Give your best effort at all times. Don't get weary in well-doing because it, it will pay off for you. It definitely God sees everything you do and he rewards you accordingly. Amen. He rewards you accordingly. Now he won't punish you and take away from you for what you don't do. But you don't get a reward for that either. And pretty soon you're going to need a greater reward from God because you know this stuff catches up to you. We all need to do more every day. And so the level at which I've been giving in the past is going to have to increase if I'm going to increase my 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 result in God it just will it's true for everybody it's true for everybody <clears throat> God will do will help you out supernaturally with these things you know I think people put too much confidence in the flesh in its limitations Amen. because I I, I was uh, noticing that uh, like last Saturday that was a challenge for me but I decided I wasn't going to give it any thought I was just going to go in faith and expect God to be there and the whole day, my leg never bothered me. It didn't swell, nothing. It, you know, I functioned like normal. Next day, it was back to, back to the old winting thing. But you'll get supernatural help from God. I don't understand people that this this complaint. I got too much to do, and I got this to do, and I got that. And I, I mean, you know, you you got to give your best. You got to give your first to God, or you won't get it. You will never have enough time for everything that you want to do if you keep withholding your first from God now you sow that first fruit to him that's your insurance for the crop for the rest of the crop see I'm going to say it again the first fruit is your insurance for the rest of the crop mm-hmm. rebuke the devourer won't, your ground won't uh, cast it to the ground before it's time you won't lose any of your crop you got me but that that first fruit, that first tenth, that's your insurance policy for the rest of the harvest. See, when that first harvest comes, everybody knows that. You see one one ripe tomato, the first ripe one lets you know the rest are going to come. But when you get out there, you what you thought was a stem is a big fat <laughs> caterpillar crawling on there. Get ready to eat the rest of the... You got me? There's always something out there trying to eat the rest of your harvest. And God wants to see what we're going to do. When your eyes are excited with what you see first, what do you think? Do you think God or you think I'm going to take it for myself? That's the deal. Um, See, always a heart of thanksgiving for what we have will ensure a good harvest. And understanding where that came from. And you've got to give honor there. If I am your father, where is my honor? How do you honor God? Hmm? And most people can come up with an answer, but it's usually doing what you want to do. It's something that's comfortable for you to offer. Honor him by doing what he commands. And step outside of your selfishness. And do what he commands you to do. And step outside of that. So it's good to step out of your comfort zone. Especially if you need something extraordinary from God. You need to do something extraordinary. You need to do something that says makes him look down and say, What? Is that who I think it is doing that? Huh? Absolutely. 
something you've never done before is what it's going to take like Bartimaeus you know he was crying and crying he probably always cried begging for money begging for somebody to lead him begging for this and begging for that and then if he didn't get it he quit begging he got quiet and quit and went to the next person but then he came to Jesus and he said if I don't get it from him I won't get it I'm not going to be quiet I'm not going to shut up I'm not going to stop I'm not going <laughs> you got it so he did what he did all the more so when you are when the enemy's trying to discourage you from doing what you're doing you do what you do all the more you don't listen to the the voices at the gates of hell that are always trying to silence you always trying to turn you around always trying to get you uh, thinking about something else don't think about what the other person's doing because they can't live for you and they can't they can't uh, put bread on your table you're the only your efforts are the ones that are going to put put your results in your hand so you're the only one to be considered there so you don't consider what somebody else is doing well they don't do this and they don't do that and i don't have to do it no you don't have to but what are you looking for in your life nobody would consider wanting to have a professional job without going through the schooling there's a requirement on everything so if you can do what the world requires and receive what they have then you certainly can do what God requires the things that God requires are easy to do and and they're easy for everybody to do they're not extraordinary things he's the only person I know who will use your efforts when you're you're poorly schooled, poorly educated and barely paying attention <laughs> it just grab your attention and fill your mouth with words and use you to do something wonderful huh? he gives us all chance after chance after chance because that's his plan for us, he's God and he wants to prove it to us so anyway in uh uh Second Corinthians 9, that's our scripture again, where I thought I would <clears throat> talk to you about what this word bountifully really means. And, and he says in 9 verse 5, he says, therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren. Huh? That's all we're doing here, exhorting the brethren, that they should go before unto you and make up beforehand your blessing or your bounty make up beforehand your bounty whereof you had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of blessing or bounty or excess and not as a matter of covetousness or withholding so Paul said that if if people can talk to God in advance and understand what he wants them to give that will take away the the uh, negative aspect of giving. He this referred to as covetousness here, and he said, "What I want you to do is give freely, without pressure of any kind." He said, because if, if I let you know when I'm coming in advance, and you can pray about it, you can gather what you have. 
just between you and God no pressure no outside influence nobody trying to take from you nobody trying to manipulate you that's a better offering and a work better for you on the return end than if I waited till I get there and I spring it on you and then I gotta push and I gotta you know it's a matter of covetousness then it's, it's, he wants what they have and this is so important because many times there are offerings taken and there's such an emotional pressure there that people sometimes have to withdraw their their interest and their faith out of it so they don't they they fear getting manipulated because that happens so often you know we we need you and and we need to get this and we're our goal is to get x number of people to to sign up and all that it it's a it's a pressure thing that somehow and I know people when they they get on television they get under this you know pressure but it's so nice if they could pray ahead of time and <laughs> get a release from heaven then all you got to do is come in and gather it you know that's that's really the best way and that's what Paul was doing here he says he says uh, if you you had noticed beforehand and it would be a matter of your your desire to give and your desire to bless. Now that word bounty. Let me see. I know I found it a minute ago. Yeah it's the same word from, from blessing. is to speak well of. So what he's saying here. Is that. I want you to think well of me. I want. I don't want you to think I'm pressuring you. I don't want you to think anything negative. So while your thoughts toward me are good, because I'm not there, you know what I'm saying, and there's no pressure, no stress on anybody, I want you to be able to decide what you give under those circumstances. And let it be a decision between you and God. And he says if you do that, it will be a blessing to you. It will be a blessing to me he said and I don't want it to be of covetousness where you feel like you're being pushed pressured manipulated and I want what you have for me you got it so there's a big difference there and and I think the difference is that a minister who has wisdom will kind of let people anticipate what the the needs would be and so forth and so on and then gather that together between them and God and then one who doesn't really depend on God for that aspect of it will just put the pressure on the people you know which is what we see a lot of you know and so it's one of those things where if we will understand what God's God's uh, best is and that word uh, bounty is is translated from the word for blessing eulogia to speak well of someone it means a benefit it means also consecration so it's he wants that which you have set aside and consecrated with your mouth to God so whatever your 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 uh, commitment is to the Lord, you know, with many people it is the tithe. Well, with your mouth you have committed that to God, and so you can God expects you to follow up by giving it. You know, He doesn't expect you to get around the corner and decide you don't need to give all that, and you know, 
uh, the gates of hell can get involved in everything you know they'll get your mind you know the minute a, a wrong idea comes in there the devil can convince you that it's okay not to keep your word to God in something you got me and so you know it'll be like well I don't have much time and then you just keep focusing on that and focusing on that well you know you don't have a, nobody else is doing anything you're here by yourself and everybody else is out doing something else and why should you always be you got me yeah. you know what I mean by the concourse at the gates of hell we've been teaching on the empowerment meeting Amen. all you do is get one selfish thought or one sort of thought of self pity or self righteousness or whatever it is or I'm the only one doing anything kind of thinking and then the devil comes in and fills in the rest and convinces you that it's a legitimate way to think Amen. and here you set out to do something is unto the Lord and the devil got in there yeah. Well, you don't have to say amen because it's true anyway. Uh, Sister Edder was saying that she said, you know, the devil moves so quickly when the word's sown. Said you can get a prophecy from God, and the devil will come back a second later and put a date on it. Get you to put a date on it. You got me. So it's easy for him to steal from us just by having an errant emotion, letting a wrong emotion change our minds. Or get us involved in it. Sometimes we can do things and do it in such a half-hearted fashion that we don't get much return from God because He wants it done a certain way. You know, He wants us not grudgingly to do what we do. You know, I can remember when my mother would tell us to do chores around the house. It wasn't so much if you did them and did them wrong. She would fuss at you some, but if you did it with a wrong attitude, you really got blasted. Yeah, you really got blasted. And now as an adult, I can see why. You know, as a kid, you just think the parent is mean, you know, which if you're, you're grown and you still think that, you need to grow up. Because, you know, some people still bad at mom and dad because they made them do stuff right. Huh? And then you don't realize it, but that carries over. The first job you get, they expect you to do things right. And they only pay you $5 an hour, almost nothing. And they expect you to do things perfectly. You say, hmm, I never got away from that. Because you weren't supposed to. Because they were putting something in you that was necessary for your success. So anyway, this word uh, for bountifully really means with a, a uh, an elegance and a fine speaking about it. So what God wants to do with the way that you sow your seed, the way you give, the way you give your time, your energy, everything that you give to God. He wants to be able to speak well about you over it. See, if you sow it in a bountiful way, Lord, I just want to please you. I thank you for this opportunity to work for you. I thank you that you've chosen me to bless me supernaturally. And I don't have to go down with the world. I don't have to be connected with the world system that depends on the the condition of the the, uh, economy and all that kind of stuff. And I thank you that as I give my small efforts, don't ever think your efforts are extraordinary, folks. That's the devil's first step in robbing you. It's his first step in robbing you. Is to make you think that you're extending yourself beyond what's reasonable. 
The Bible says you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, and that is your reasonable service. That's reasonable. It's not extraordinary. It's average and it's reasonable. So, and if you do it in the proper manner where God speaks well, you speak well of God in it, he'll speak well of you in it. You have to speak well of of the authorities over you in order for God to please be pleased with it. You just have to you have to take all the nonsense out of it. Take all of the the you know the devil stuff out of it. So your efforts then have to be commendable and then God will commend you in it and he will return the blessing that you require. Sometimes you're down to asking God for necessities and you need to kind of clean up your act and start looking at it more for him and doing it for him. So he says... I thought I'd let you get that together beforehand so that you'd be ready to give and it wouldn't be a matter of you grudgingly giving it to me because I have to pry it out of your hands. That's pretty much what he's saying. Verse 6, but this I say, and keep this in mind. So Paul's saying I've set it up so it can be easy for you and it can be a blessing all the way around. But just keep in mind he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully there's that word bounty again which means to say good things about it to be in good hope about it to be encouraged about it to don't ever get fearful when you give to God that you won't get a return all of that he says if you sow bountifully you shall also reap bountifully every man according as he purposes in his heart so let him give so what's the purpose of your heart your purpose is to please God and to bring glory to him that's always your purpose the purpose of your heart is to let God see what you do and understand that the reward is there you purpose in your heart to do your best for God not give him your leftovers that's grudgingly huh? you know after you've done everything you want to do with your time then you give your leftover to God that's not that's not the way it should go you should give him your best and give it first just reverse it sometimes it's, I had to learn that in giving offerings when I first started I didn't know if God was going to bless me back I wasn't sure it's like everybody else so you paid your bills first and then what was left you gave God some of that you got me then little by little you learned how to step out in faith and you began to trust and you found out you got a better return when you trusted rather than because you can get stuck in $10 offerings for the rest of your life you know what I'm saying and so then you got to step out in faith even now I know years ago I told God I said I'm done with the $50 level and I went to 100 I said I don't want to receive less than that amount coming back so I have to give that amount going out and I never deviated now even now like if I send something to somebody like a little birthday card you know somebody I haven't seen in years it's the same thing you got me and I'm thinking I don't want to give these people 
that kind of money. You know what I'm saying? What must they think? Well, it's not about them. It's about him. You made a vow to him. You got me? And so that's what you do. You keep your word because you know that what you can't receive more than what you give. If you're looking to get more that way, it's a matter of covetousness is what he's saying here. It's And God wants to take the thief out of his kids. You know, you don't feel good if you don't work for something that you get. You know, you got to slick talk people and get them to give you stuff you don't want to live like that so you want to live according to faith so in in God's return in your life so he says if you sow bountifully you'll reap bountifully and and that means an amount but it also means in what you think and say about what you give this is very important to understand that aspect what do you say about it? Do you give it, give it in a good heart, a pure heart, desiring to please God and let him see, God, I've committed this to you and I want to give this into your work so that you can give back to me. And he says, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So there's no grudging and there's no negativity in your heart. Your heart's been purified by the Holy Spirit. Your heart's circumcised. So you can trust what's in your heart to give. You can trust that your heart speaks directly to God. Your spirit man is talking directly to God. And God can tell him exactly what to do so that you can get adequate blessings so that you'll have abundance in all things. See, this is what you want. You want to have abundance in all things and this is how you do it. So you give as you purpose in your heart. Don't cheat your heart out of the expression that it wants to make in your life. Your heart wants to express his desire in your life. Many people are so moved by fear. They fear, uh, you know, if I don't do this soon, I'm never going to get a chance to do it. That's the biggest lie the devil's ever told. Get you in a hurry for something that God has not placed that on your path for right now. Sometimes God wants to move certain things in there. You won't let him move them in there. You keep wanting to do things the same way over and over and over again. He wants to put you on a different run. So you have to let your heart have free expression talking to God getting instruction from God and then your mouth and your the rest of your being move out in that so it's got to move out in obedience to what's in your heart so that's why he says get it prepared in advance and then when I get there be faithful to give it see give it not grudgingly or of necessity see when you got it saved up for God and you keep looking at him, mm, what I could do with that, I could do this. <laughs> you know, he said, nope, don't do that. Give a, a, be a cheerful giver. He says, and if you'll follow my simple instructions here, just ask God what to give, let him speak to your heart. He says, God's able to make all grace abound. Let's say money here, but he says grace. That's the favor that you get when you walk into a place and people want you to stay there. They want you to work for them. They want you to do this. They want this. They want that. They want to bless you. They want to help you. They want to do things for you. That's abounding grace. That's what you want. 
it's the unmerited favor of God it just uh, is upon your life and it begins to happen after a while you'll Quit thinking that God made a a mistake or did it by accident or won't do it again. And you'll begin to expect it by faith. Expect the favor to be there. huh? You expect the grace of God to be there on everything. And so God is able to make all grace abound towards you. There is nothing that will be withheld from you. There is nothing. He will give it all to you. He makes all grace abound. And that means not here and there and wondering if you'll ever have another opportunity like that. But that opportunity will be a part of your life over and over and over again. That's why it's good not to get in a hurry for anything. I tell young people, uh, you know, uh, grace abounding means that you can, things that people in your age bracket are doing now, you can do them much later. You can use your youth for God. You can use your youth to make mistakes and learn and clean them up and not have to make them. Uh, You know, uh, I was listening to uh, 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 Shannon was telling me the testimony about um, uh, Rajit. What's her last name? Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah. And uh, she was born to parents, elderly parents. Her mother was 55 and the dad was 60. Praying for kids all their lives and never had anything until they got up to that age. You know, I mean, if God has a purpose, then look at her purpose. See, she's here at the right time, in the right place, doing the right thing. And see, we think God doesn't do that anymore. Did it with her. He'll do it with more people if we let him. See, if we let him, then quit being pushed into doing things because of years or age or whatever. You know, there's some things that are very crucial to God's kingdom. And so we have to allow God to bless us in that season in our lives when we're to be blessed. There's certain things you have to mature in people. There are certain things that we have to learn in order for for us to be able to get God's best into our lives. So it's very, very essential that you walk hand in hand with him in these things and just leave them. Don't get nervous about them. Don't get anxious about them. You know, so many times we are. But he says to don't be bent out of shape about anything. Everything with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. He knows what you want. So just ask him and leave that request there. And trust that he's working on it. Amen. He'll bring it into your life in its proper season. So it will be a blessing to you. So he wants all grace to abound to us. That we having all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. So all, all and every. That's what he has in mind for us. See, he has all of those in mind for us. So God is able to do that. He ministers seed to the sower. He'll minister bread for your food. 
and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness which means that the blessings that you have will remain in your life and they will increase so fruits of your righteousness so as you go about obeying God doing the right thing doing it with the right attitude with the right spirit and the right heart let him speak to your heart what you do you do from a pure heart you do it like God's watching you every step of the way and he's checking you off approved 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 oops don't like that attitude I'll have to give you an X on that you see he does that he'll let you know huh? he'll let you know or Robert said that he was <coughs> leaving a meeting he was so tired and there was a lady that found out what Dory be leaving she hadn't had a chance to get prayed for you know in that day he prayed for touched everybody prayed for everybody because that's what he knew and uh, but he would get very very tired and so uh, this lady caught him as he was going out and she begged him to pray for her brother Roberts I was in the line I didn't get prayed for I'm sick and I need this and he was angry and he prayed for her in a very abrupt and angry manner and so you know be healed you know just pushed her aside and moved on and God said yeah I'll heal her but you won't get any credit for it you got me so and this was why Moses got to see the promised land but not go over he didn't sanctify God in the presence of the people may God when you make people think God's angry when he's not then you put God down on your level and so you have to make sure that that's that's kept the way it's supposed to be kept so anyway he wants to give bountifully man we can be enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causes which cause which is caused through us thanksgiving to God so when you have abundance and when you have bountiful you thank God even more got me that that thanksgiving is a little more genuine it's not just a faith to get the old uh, rusty pump going but it's a real thanksgiving there's a heart of thanksgiving there as, as we see God work in our lives and we see him be faithful to what we've asked him to do then we have more and more in the realm of thanksgiving to give to him so why don't we lift up our tithes gifts and offering I hope you've been helped by this because if you're encouraged and you understand how important attitude is to God how important it is to give him what's first he does not accept leftovers because he doesn't plan leftovers for us so father we thank you that as we go forward doing what you've commanded us to do first put you first in all things at least in the planning of it father if we can take these things to you and let you organize our time for us we will be so much the better for it and Lord we do thank you for the first fruits that you give to us you entrust us to make the decision as to whether we trust you with it and we thank you that as we're obedient to trust you you trust us back and increase the fruits of our righteousness we thank you for that father in Jesus name amen praise God amen you may receive the offering praise God amen thank you.